We're back better than ever. Always try to make the next better than the last. My name's Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, and this is going to be episode 54 of the. Shoot that shit. Shit the shit. You'll get the shit. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius, founder, creator, host of the STS Shooting the Shit podcast. Man, I cannot believe we are here for episode 54. I want to give a big thank you to everybody who tuned in for last week's episode. It was awesome. One of my favorite and, of course, biggest episodes to date with uh, Nick V of the world-famous Baker Boys. Um, just a cheap plug, man. Remember, tune in to K-Day um, every Friday from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. The Baker Boys are back on the West Coast. They're back doing what they, um, they, they, they're back to do what the fuck they've been doing. Just dropping dope music on the West Coast. Um, I know a lot of us don't have access to K-Day, but the best way to do that is honestly download the app. You don't gotta sign up or anything. Just download that app and that stream's gonna be playing automatically. It's not hard at all. Um, want to give a big shout out to everybody who's been following us on our Instagram and Twitter. That's going to be at STS Podcast 661. Again, follow us on STS Podcast 661. We've been having um, a lot of great, um, I guess, how do I say this? We've been having um, great feedback on these episodes, man. We've become really consistent, dropping them five days, at, you know, five days in between. And um, I really appreciate that, you guys. Returning listeners, the show is nothing without you. New listeners, welcome to the show. If you haven't, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, um, Spotify, anywhere that you can find your podcast. The SDS Podcast will be on there. Let me just give you guys specific uh, platforms you can find us on. It's Breaker. Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbean, Radio Public, um, like I said, Spotify, iHeartRadio, we're there, just, you know, it's not hard to find, that's STS Podcast, uh, returning listeners, I always give you guys a big shout out, because without that reoccurring listen, this show doesn't put the numbers, and I know it's always not all about the numbers, but the numbers are nice to get the response and the, and the interactions are great. Uh, just to have a legend like Nick V on the podcast is a big deal for us. Provides us some credibility, and uh, we got um, stories that we you know, Nick V's never told before, such as you know why his love for hip hop really died when Biggie got um, murdered, uh, what he's going through right now, sharing his um, his uh, his thoughts and his beliefs, and uh, we're family, so it was real nice for uh, for him to come on. Out of his busy day, especially you know, a couple days before the big debut of the Baker Boys, uh, really appreciate that. Shout out to Big Joe's Bullies, uh, had a great response. Our most liked sponsor so far, it went really well. I was really happy with the with, with the responses and the the interest that people had with our sponsor. And again, if you guys have any type of sponsorship that you guys want to. Um, put on the podcast, let's get people looking at your product, let's get people looking at your hustle, your skills, whatever you could provide, um, 
we'll be able to we'll be more than happy to work something out to display that here on the podcast. That's what we do. That's something I really want to um I take a lot of pride in, especially with the platform that's afforded to me. Um, we worked hard to get to where we're at when it comes to platform and social media presence. I want to be able to help those who who um haven't got there yet. So if you guys have anybody you know wants to um, show some love and you know has a as a side hustle as a hobby that may you know that may be interest to other people, let us know. Uh, big shout out to our sponsor this week. Our, our podcast is going to be sponsored by FGR Catering and my guy Freddie Rec. Um, his catering and grills have be, has been featured on the Cooking Channel, y'all. Um, he's ready to serve at your next event. He does everything um, from beef briskets, pulled pork, pit barrel ribs, almost anything that your stomach desires. FGR Catering is where you need to go for your next event. Feed you and your guests, and they're never going to forget it. Make sure if you want to do book or you want to inquire, contact fgrcatering at gmail.com or hit up my guy Freddie at Freddie underscore R-E-C. That's Freddie underscore Rec. So, man, we're here now. We got plugs out the way. This is going to be episode 54. And, man, it's um, bittersweet. It's going to be a bittersweet episode. We're gonna, this is a real serious episode we're going to be talking about today. This isn't um, this isn't for play. This is a real serious episode. Um, you know, this isn't a political commentary um, podcast by any means, but we're going to probably dive into that realm a little bit today. Um you know, I've always—it's crazy. Every week, I'm always um, kind of, how do I say this? I'm kind of, uh, I'm always looking for what we're gonna talk about next week. I'm always um, looking for the next topic, doing research on the next topic. Um, I'm always thinking, oh man, so this, this podcast might be short. And this week, man, just was kind of overbearing. It was kind of uh, overwhelming. Um, we had a lot going on this week, man. Since our last podcast dropped. Um, fantasy football's back, of course. Um, I want to get into the Jacob Blake and uh, Kyle Rittenhouse shooting. That's a deep topic. Um, want to get into uh, Chadwick Boseman's death. Uh, if you guys don't know who that is, that is the actor who played Black Panther, Jackie Robinson. Um, films that meant a lot to me. Uh, you know, we had some deaths in sports that meant a lot to me. Just as a kid growing up, I was um, always infatuated with these baseball players and their stats, um, wrestling, and SB145. We're going to talk about that too and just get my thoughts. Um, So this is going to be a deep podcast. I really hope you guys enjoy it. I hope it doesn't turn you guys off because it is going to be because it's going to be political. Um, We're not going to really, and we're going to get, you know, it's deep. We're talking about death. We're talking about racism. We're talking about um, ideology, we're talking about elections, we're talking about what our country's going through right now, uh, the tension in the air is, is, is here, it's not something we can ignore anymore, we can feel it, um, our country is becoming more and more divided every day, so, I think podcasts like this, we need to, you know, air out our feelings a little bit, speak about what we believe in, and maybe see the side of the fence that there is, that that's possible, and just talk about it. I think a lot of people are afraid um, to talk about certain things. I know a lot of podcasts don't talk about certain things because they're afraid how they're going to come off. And we're not going to get that here. This is the STS podcast. We're to shoot the shit. 
and uh, we're not going to shy away from any topic. And it's going to be a great podcast today, episode 54. But before we get into that, let the DOC tell you what you need to do. Now do me a favor. Let me in here. Alright, y'all, welcome to the STS Lend Me Your Ear Shooting This Shit segment. We're not here to talk about any specific topic or have an objective in mind. We're here to just discuss what's going on in the world, what's going on um, that I'm interested in. Again, I'm not here to change your mind on anything. I'm not here to change your beliefs. I'm not here to change your opinion. I'm just really here to give you my truth and my opinion and how I feel about certain situations. Um, like I said, it's going to be a heavy episode, man, and I want to just dive into it. Um, we lost a great actor, Chadwick Bosman, this week of colon cancer. You guys, um, guys aren't familiar. He is the he is the Black Panther from the Marvel uh, universe. He was Jackie Robinson in Forty Two, among several other movies. Uh, that's kind of where I was um, introduced to him. At. I'm a big Marvel fan, and you hear that, uh, you know, it's horrible. Uh, I did see the pictures of um, of Chad the last couple months, and man, the internet's a cruel place. Man, the internet's a is a, is a horrible could be a horrible platform at times. And um, now that we see why he was so frail and um, skinny, uh, he had colon cancer, man, and uh, he was only forty three forty three years old. And it's sad, man. It's real sad that um, an actor with so much potential and so much grace, and you hear it from all his, you know, a lot of his uh, co-stars and a lot of his um, his uh, his peers that you know he carried himself with such grace and class. And man, I can't, still can't believe it, man. You know, I've been around for some. Um, Wild deaths in the celebrity world, you know, Prince, Michael Jackson, Proof, Rick James, um, Carrie Fisher. There's been a couple names in Black Panther, Chad Bosman, sorry. He's right up there um, just because I love his character he portrayed. I love Jackie Robinson. That was the great, but I remember my pops went to go see 42. Um, he has some memories of me. There's a couple times with Civil War and Infinity Wars. And, of course, everybody went in flocks to go see Black Panther. And um, it's, it's, it's sad, man. It's, um, it's crazy, especially in this world we live in with the Internet. Nothing's a secret anymore. Nothing is really kept under wraps. Something leaks all the time. Um... It's really hard for especially celebrities to have a private life. You know, we have the TMZs of the world. We have a um, bunch of websites. You know, they want that story first. They want that. They want that. That article that's going to get those clicks, those hits. Um, and just to see what the measures that they, the extent they went to to make sure this uh, was kept under wraps is amazing. Um, kudos to his team. You gotta have a great team in order for that to happen. Um, you have to have people who really care about you in order for that to happen. And it was really, um, it's really sad, man. It was, um, I, I don't know how true this article is, but Kevin Feig, he's the producer that kind of um, heads up all these Marvel films. 
he was out. He didn't know anything about this till I think the day before Chad died. Um, he wasn't aware of his um, wasn't aware of his condition, the state of his condition, the seriousness of his condition till it was almost too late. And um, it's amazing that he was able to do that to accomplish that in this day and age. Especially with, um, like I said, just with the internet age, everybody has to know everything. Nothing could be a secret anymore. Um, especially, you know, a lot of celebrities, and I'm not knocking anybody, but just say like in the case of what we're going to talk about later, Roman Reigns. Um, a lot of these celebrities are really forthcoming with their with their fight with cancer, with diseases. And, and you know, some of these people want to become the spokesman. Some people become the face of these um, diseases that they're fighting. Um, don't want to get into speculation, but maybe Chad Chadwick Bosman didn't want to be the face of colon cancer. Maybe he didn't want people to feel sorry for him. Maybe he didn't want sympathy and pity. Maybe he just wanted to, to go on his own terms. Um, don't know again. I don't know how I wasn't. I don't know anybody in the circle, but according to some of these reports, um, he thought he was gonna beat this to the last week of his life. Um. And it's real sad, man. It's it's um real sad because uh, you know the impact that he had on the culture, not just comic culture, you know, comics and Marvel, but on the black community, um, especially with the kids. Uh, the majority of our these superheroes are white. You know, they're what's a white dominated male genre genre. Uh, Job, Batman, Superman, Iron Man, Captain America, um, shit, Star Lord. A lot of these guys are white, you know. Um, the Hulk. A lot of these guys are white, man. And there's nothing, you know, nothing wrong with that. But and I know we had Blade before, Luke Cage, Black Adam, but Bosman was really one of the first. It was one of the first, how do I say this? Um, he was one of the first superheroes that was catered to the black audience to show that, they're, they, that they can relate to him, that they're just like them. They're, um, the Black Panther was one of them. And um, they could look up to him and they could relate to him and they could cheer him on um, that's someone they that's them that's someone they could uh really gravitate towards and you see it all the time especially when you know when that movie dropped Wakanda Forever with the hand symbols you know two hands on the chest crossed everybody was doing that it was black empowerment and he brought a lot of a lot of that empowerment to black culture they never had a superhero that mattered to them, that could relate to them, that could um, that could be amongst them, um, that they could claim. And it was a beautiful time. Um, don't know if that could ever be captured again. Don't know if that could ever be, um, I guess, duplicated, redone. Um, it's sad, man. It's really sad. Uh, one of my favorite characters, uh, damn, I mean, you know, if you're a fan of Marvel, you see all these feature 
these these films are doing, you know, in the near future, and you knew that Black Panther was going to be a vital part of that, and you look forward to that. I pictured Chad being Black Panther forever, um, and where do we go from here? You know, sad another demise, another you know, celebrity hero, celebrity um role model for so many doesn't matter if they're black or white or mexican so many people love that black panther character and um sad 43 years old colon cancer man and uh it's it, that's horrible it's it, it, it that really bummed me out and i know 2020 man good god we're gonna look back at this year and just see the torment that it has see the the anguish and the heartbreak and Fuck, man, they lost. They lost so many people in 2020 already. It's like, am I becoming numb to it? I think I was numb to this death a little bit because so many people have passed. So many things have happened this year, and it's it's ridiculous, man. It's sad and makes you really appreciate what we have going on. Um, in our lives, you know, and just tell everybody that you love them and just reaffirm that, you know, and just see how fast things happen, how fast they could, you know, go south. Um, it's sad, man. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, 43 years old, forever and always will be Black Panther. Um, had a couple deaths this week. Uh, Clifford Robinson played for the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I believe he was at a 92 team, great athlete, legend, uh, I believe he was like top 50 in scoring, not a lot of people know he's not a household name I'm sure, but rest in peace Clifford Robinson, um, legendary coach from Arizona, Lute Olsen, um, love Arizona man, just you know, I remember um, Steve, you know, Steve Kerr, <laughs> a couple, those are cool ballers out there man, and you always knew who Lute Olsen was if you listen to you pay attention to any type of college basketball. Uh, Lou Olson was definitely one of those figures that you admired and you uh, respected and loved. Um, had a good long life, so rest in peace, Coach. Um, Tom Seaver, don't if you guys don't know who that is, he, he's one of the legendary lefty pitchers of all time. Um, one, of the, one of the last prominent Mets players ever. Um, he was Tom Seaver. I think he had like 311 wins, if I'm not mistaken. If I remember these stats, because I was, like I said, I was enamored with old baseball. And Tom Seaver was definitely one of those names that I'll never forget. And he was kind of like um, Christy Mathewson. <laughs> I see some things yesterday on Twitter. This is delivery, and it's it's, it's cool to see that. Um, I believe you was 75 years old. So rest in peace, uh, Luke, Clifford Robinson, Chadwick Bosman. And uh, last but not least, man, I wanted to um, give a shout-out and uh, condolences to my Neto family. Um, we lost Steve Neto this week at the age of 79. Family friend, man. I still remember going to, um, he used to live right here on Richards. Or, I'm um, sorry, damn. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm losing my phone. <laughs> I'm losing my um my train of thought here, um. But the net those man um that's my Nino's dad. That's one um 
sucks, you know. Um, I love my Nino, and um, I hate to see that. Uh, I really hate to see that it's on Dorrance. I really hate to see him in pain, his family in pain, and mourning. Steve had a long life, though. I could say seven nine years old. Um, again, I remember going on Dorrance with him, his wife Mary, who's you know passed away in the early two thousands, and um, those are some childhood memories I'll never forget. Um, Steve was a good guy, smart, witty. Remembered everything you told him. Always asked about my mom and dad. Always asked about my brother and sister. Um, every time I think of, every time I see a postal service worker, I think of Steve Nieto. Um, he retired from the post office, so uh, sucks, man. You know, we got to hang him on the wall, and um, I was able to hang out with his with my Nino, his son, and uh, just sad. Sad to see people pass that you that you really cared for and you loved. And I love Steve Neto, and um, I know he had a lot of love for me and my family. I know he loved my dad a lot. He adored my pops. Um, I hope, uh, you know, I hope he's looking down on us forever. And uh, rest in peace, Steve Neto. We'll never forget you, bro. Um, like I said, it's gonna be a tough podcast to get through today, man. Um. I hate it. I hate death. I hate seeing people I care about hurt. It just sucks, man. Um, one thing that sucks uh, was my fantasy football record last year. <laughs> That's a great transition. Uh, fantasy football is back, ladies and gentlemen. And, man, if you guys, I don't know about you guys, I tried to keep it down to five teams this year. And, God damn, I didn't do that. I think I went on... I think I'm about seven, eight game, seven, eight teams. I got um, I got a draft today. I was, you know, today I actually um. Let's see here. I thought I've dropped them. Wow, so yesterday, check this out, y'all. I thought I okay, I did. I actually picked up Chris Thompson. Leonard Fournette got cut. But, um, yeah, fantasy football is here, ladies and gentlemen. Um, with the third, I have, believe I had the third pick this year in my dad's draft. And I went with Saquon Barkley. Um, I don't know. I could have went with the receiver, but I've been really cursed by not having a consistent running back. Uh, the last couple of years, so I wanted to get somebody who was consistent. I wanted to get somebody who was going to be able to carry my squad, and I could pro- I could provide consistent points. Um, in a PPR league, I think you get away with um, you know, getting the getting your running backs first, and hopefully picking up some wide receivers in the end. Um, I was able to get Keen Allen and Will Fuller. Um, with my dad, this is, we can go team by team. We're gonna try to do as fast as we can. Just this is my, just my, you know. I'm not an expert at all, but just my, I guess my strategy. I uh, really want to go running back heavy, man. It's going to be, there's a lot of scenarios that are going on. A lot of storylines, y'all. I think Tampa Bay just fucking signed Leonard Fournette yesterday. Um, I had the third pick. I went to Saquon Barkley. I came back with Joe Mixon. And then I came with um, Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. And then got Carson Wentz. 
for that one-two punch. I'm a big believer that you should always have your right receiver or your tight end um, on the same squad. You know, it was double up your points. Uh, and I think I got that. I think I got a good one-two punch with, with uh, Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz. Hopefully he stays healthy. Um, this league that my dad has me in, it's a two-quarterback starting league. So I was able to get Kirk Cousins also later in the draft. Um, and I added my bench is okay. I got Gardner Minshew from Jacksonville. I actually picked up Chris Thompson since Leonard Fournette's not there. And Jay Gruden was the offensive coordinator in Washington for a while. So Chris Thompson's familiar with that system. Hopefully he's able to strive. Um, and I went took a chance on Jerry Judy. He's my guy from um, Denver, uh, Alabama. I believe he was the 15th pick actually in the draft. So, um, hopefully he does well. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of Alabama football. I'm not going to lie to you, but what I've seen, in the, what I've seen so far in the, in, the, in the combine, the man looks ready. The man looks like he's going to you know, contribute, and that's all you can ask for as a rookie. Um, I know I have a draft today at 6.30. Shout out to my guy Ephraim. Um, we're gonna tr we're gonna, I'm going to try to you know, come up with something. I hope I do. Um... Let me see what else. I got another draft here. My guy Joe got me this twenty dollar league. Um, I went and this. I think my squad. Think my squad's pretty stacked. If you ask me, on this one, got Patrick Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon, Kenny Galladay. And you have to remember, y'all, Kenny. He was hurt for the majority of the season last last year. Um, he only see. I think he. Let me see here. Uh, did he want me to see how many games he played? Let me just check. I hate being wrong when I just have the computer in my hands here. Okay, I'm wrong. That was the running back. Shit, he played 16 games, but he still got over 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns. And Matt Stafford was out of the majority of the year. So hopefully, you know, with a, with a consistent arm and someone he's familiar with, Gallaudet is able to go over that hump and become a consistent number one wide receiver. A.J. Brown, someone I'm really interested in. Mark Andrews has been getting a lot of looks there in Baltimore. And I got D.J. Chark Jr., don't know a lot about the guy. I never seen him play, to be honest with you. But hey, seventy-three yards, seventy-three catches with over a thousand. I'm gonna take it. Um, I think I got a great bench. Um, I got Drew Brees, uh, Philip, uh, Lindsey from the Broncos, who I think if Gordon doesn't pan out, or you know, in Gordon's injury prone, ladies and gentlemen. So if you guys have Gordon, make sure you guys go with the backup. Philip Lindsey's not a bad choice, especially late in the rounds. Uh, Deontay Johnson, another kid from um, he's from Pittsburgh. Uh, he was really um, reaching his, um, how do I say, his stride late in the season. So I'm really, see, I'm really excited to see what Deontay offer. Robbie Anderson, he played with the Jets. Um, I like him because I, a couple years ago he he came through for me, and I always kept an eye on him. Carryon Johnson, too, I was talking about, another running back who does well, but he's not healthy. So we shall see how he does with Chris Thompson and TJ Hawkinson. Another guy I think is going to benefit from Matt Stafford being um, being uh, healthy and back in the lineup. I got my, I'm a commissioner of one league this year, thank God. Just one fucking league, man. I couldn't do it, um, you know, two leagues again. It's so hard to keep up with just, um, it's so hard to keep up with just your squads. Um, I got a... I really hope, and I hope these guys don't listen to my stuff, <laughs> I really hope the strategy works that I can get a one-two punch. 
um, maybe late. If I, I, I would love to get someone in the ninth, tenth round of the quarterback. I would definitely wait. I think you guys should definitely, you guys gotta practice patience. Um, patience is a virtue in fans football. Um, don't reach. It's so hard to do that just because you think the guy next to you, the next couple of picks is gonna be able to do that. But don't reach, y'all. Remember though. You want someone who's going to be a workhorse, who's going to get a lot of looks, who's going to get a lot of touches. Um, you can find that in the later rounds. But you do want to get get those workhorses, man. Get the person, you know, if you could get that number one receiver um, in the first couple of rounds, get that guy. Get that Julio Jones. Get that DeAndre Hopkins. Get that, um, let me see who else could be number one. Maybe, man, Good Godwin's a good pickup. Maybe Mike Evans, especially with Tom Brady at the helm. De Devontae Adams. Get someone who's going to get that ball a lot. A lot of balls um, thrown his way. Running backs. Um, if you're blessed with the top two picks, don't be shy. Get Christian McCaffrey. Why not? He's going to get a thousand each way. Um, but, you know, wide receivers are going to be a dime a dozen. Quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. Fill up on your running backs and make sure you just get some. Players will get the, get the ball. Your tight ends. You want to have a tight end. Doesn't have to score you 15 points a week, but get somebody in that 7 to 9, 10 range. Someone who's going to get, get you some points. Um, you're going to need those points. Every point matters in fantasy football. And if you get, you know what, if you get Patrick Mahomes or you get one of these stud quarterbacks, pick them up, man. Even if, what I like to do, and it's another strategy, um, I'll pick up two starting quarterbacks early and just have that as trade bait. Everybody's gonna need a quarterback at one time or another, and you're gonna be able to finesse somebody. <laughs> Hopefully, I like to be a GM at heart. I'm looking at the future, just in case my squad doesn't do well. I'm gonna, I, I'm not shy to make the moves, and you know, I'm not shy to uh, to um to contact the owner and make a trade. I'm I'm always willing to dealing, and I'm willing to do that. Um, this is my 13th year of fantasy football, man. I've only won the championship one year, but hey, you know what? Fuck it, I got a ring. That's all that matters. So I'm really excited for fantasy football. It's a good time for everybody. Um, got another draft today, and I got one tomorrow and one Sunday. So we're going to round out those three teams, hopefully, and um, it's going to be fun. I love playing with my friends. We've been doing this for almost, what, I think it's going to be our eighth year in my own fantasy football league. So, um, and don't draft any one of them to you guys. I don't give a fuck who's available. Don't draft a kicker and defense to your last two picks. Just trust me. There's no reason to do that any earlier. They're, they're, they're there. 32 of them. They all do the same thing. They'll probably contribute the same amount of points. So just you know, some tips for you guys um, from EC3. I hope you guys do well. Good luck in your fantasy football, man. Um, another person I wanted to wish well, Marlo Renarlo. Uh, he's, the com he's the commentator for NXT. You guys know I'm a big wrestling fan. Um, Morrow, man, he actually, um, he decided to resign from the, from NXT, from essentially WWE. Um, I like Morrow, Morrow Ronaldo. He's been the face of, um, he's been the face of NXT, um, the voice of NXT for a long time. Um, he was, I think he was with SmackDown and Raw for a while. Um, and he's been having, you know, he, he's, um, he's not afraid to admit what he suffers from, you know, he has some mental issues that um he's he's demonstrated a few times. I know he has bipolar bipolar disease, and that was just because of his documentary. Suggest that you guys do watch that. Um, 
it sucks. You know, especially with someone with bipolar disorder, it's it's real sad because you think on TV you see this character and you think that's the way they are all the time. But if you see the behind the scenes, what Mario was able to do, he was able to give, you know, his, his, his battle with this disorder. And, you know, if that's going to, if stepping away from wrestling is going to help him, you know, win that battle, I'm all for it. We're going to miss him, man. His calls, his voice is distinct. His voice is... It gets you amped up. It gets you in tune with the storyline. It gets you um interested. It just kind of sucks you in. It's like a black hole. It just gets you locked in, man. And it's sad, you know. It's real sad that he wasn't able to um him and WWE weren't able to uh, get on the same page. It looks like the last couple of years they've been going back and forth, back and forth. So um we you know it sucks, man. But I wish I think he's gonna be the dumpster. They say he's gonna be still for the voice of Showtime and Bellator, all that good stuff. He's just not doing wrestling anymore, and you know, good for him. If that's gonna, you know, if WWE wasn't appreciating his talents, good for him. Um, I hope he does well. And you never know the way the you know the way it goes. Sometimes um, he might come back. He might come back and do his thing again. He never say never with this business. Um. And I'm really excited to see what he could do. I'm always gonna, uh, I'm always gonna love his work as a commentator in boxing. That's why I think he uh, excels in. So, Mauro uh, Ronaldo, I hope you really do well. Good luck. Um, and he's gonna get replaced, I believe, by Wade Barrett. I think he's going. Um, let me see. His, I think his real name is be Stu. His name is Stu. Bennett, I'm not a, not a hundred percent sure on that. Let me just double check here, and let me tell you guys, he's been on NXT. Stuart Bennett, yeah, he's been coming on NXT, man, the last couple weeks, and he's been killing it. And I think, yeah, I don't know, I think he's, fat. I can't even. Let me, I don't want to guess. Let me just get it right. He is from the United Kingdom, so he has that heavy accent, and it really, it's, it's just, it's, it's none of those distinctive voices, and it's, it, I like it. He does a real good job. As someone who's wrestled for a long time and who's um, he's reached um, the pinnacle, of the, you know the company. He's been where he was. He's had that spot for long, that you know at one of those top spots for a long time, and um, he knows what he's talking about. He knows what it takes to get to the mountaintop, if you could say, um, and he knows what wrestlers are thinking. He knows what they're you know what what they gotta do to win to overcome circumstances and that contributes well to the storyline I'm sure that they're gonna be able to tell in the future. Um you know what and keeping it fresh man that's another thing with this, with wrestling in general we gotta keep it fresh. Um and ex wrestlers, not all of them but some of them really do well in the in the play in the commentary booth. You know, you see Samoa Joe doing a great job on Raw. I love it man. Um so See Stu Bennett back in NXT. Uh, it's gonna be a good look, maybe, and that's another thing that we could possibly use. Maybe we could be a part of a storyline or two. I'm really happy he's back in the fold. It sucks that he's gonna be at the expense of Mario Ronaldo, someone who was irreplaceable in my opinion. But it's gonna be a fresh voice, someone that's gonna be able to relate to the content. I believe they got Vic Joseph there at NXT right now. And I like Vic Joseph. When I first heard him on Raw, I thought he was really um, different. He kind of said, you know what? Now he kind of he's 
Now he's in that WWE mold, but I really like Vic Joseph and Beth Phoenix. She is a great color commentator, another wrestler who knows what it takes, who knows and understands the history of the business and what's going through through the mind of a wrestler. And she does a good job. She picks her spots. And what I like about this three-man um, booth, and I only got a sample size of this. It's only been two weeks, but they're not talking over each other. They're not really trying to put themselves over. You could tell they're there for one reason. That's to get the, the wrestlers and the product over and those storylines. Um, how do I say this? They're trying to get these storylines over to the audience where we can understand and see what's at stake and that's really important nowadays wrestling um wrestling's all about stakes you gotta have some stakes to matter and we got a lot at stake right now with um with roman reigns roman reigns made his comeback at SummerSlam, and uh he just had payback which was a week later kind of weird we're not gonna go into that he came back um and he won the title this week and what's really brilliant about this is now he's not Roman Reigns that character you want to root for um because you know he's a cancer survivor and all that good stuff that's great but now Roman's a heel um he has Paul Heyman the Paul Heyman probably the greatest manager in the last 25 years at his side and that's going to be real interesting how he's going to have Paul Heyman deliver his message it's going to be um real interesting on how um, they explained their partnership and what led to this and why this happened. And now he's the champion, so he runs this place again. It's his yard. Um, I love it. Um, they took away that stupid bulletproof D'Lo Brown vest. I'm all for that. Um, he's an ass-kicking machine, uh, and you really got to enjoy it. I think with John Cena, he was always that... All-American person, that role model, make a wish. You want that guy in your squad. You want your daughter to bring him home. All-around American boy. Roman Reigns, they tried that with him, and it didn't really work. Um, without the cancer scenario, maybe he'll still be booed out the fucking building. But now, they finally took a risk. And it's a calculated, necessary risk right now, I believe, with WWE. Especially with these shows that are, you know, they're not in front of the audience um their tape shows and you know in a controlled location i think this is a great move this is the risk they need to take is this like some hulk hogan nwo stuff not that level at all but it's a damn good move um and just to see what paul Heyman could do uh roman doesn't need a mouthpiece but now he has paul Heyman talking for him it's gonna be real interesting it's gonna be real fun to watch and let me tell you guys something i haven't been watching smackdown but now since this happened smackdown is can't miss television so if that's something they really wanted to accomplish congratulations you guys you guys got the audience back you guys got them saying fuck i can't miss smackdown or i can't not i cannot not record smackdown the dvr we need to make sure it's double check and make sure smackdown's recorded because I can't miss this because Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman now got this alliance that we never saw coming. And uh, it's going to happen. Um, Brock Lesnar, another thing we could talk about. How does he react to this? How does he fit in the storyline? Supposedly, he's a free agent. Um, and this is kayfabe world. Um, he's really a free agent. I don't know if he's going back to UFC. 
Don't know if he's going to go to Bellator. Don't know if he's going to go to AEW. Don't know if he's going to come back to WWE. Maybe he's going to say, fuck wrestling. I'm done. Maybe he could. He is so accomplished and so well off, he could do that. And kudos to him, you know. He doesn't have to wrestle a day in his life anymore. Doesn't have to travel up and down these roads ever again. Don't know if he has in the last couple of years, but... Um, does AEW fork out the check? You know, give him a blank check and say, what well, do you want to bring him in? Um, does that dilute their product a little bit? Um, does he come back and form alliance with Roman and um, Heyman? Which I personally don't want to see because Heyman, I mean, for Lesnar and Roman Reigns have been in each other's throats for years. Um, it's been a rivalry that's been um, pretty entertaining. Don't want to see that. So we got to see what the next move is for that. Um, another move I'm curious right now with WWE is Raw Underground. Um, it's supposed to be like this fight club, this fight club level, I guess, segment in, on Monday nights. And I'm lost, you guys. Um, I don't know if that was supposed to break in new talent. I don't know if that was supposed to put guys over. But I don't see anything coming from this. And I love to see Shane McMahon on the on the screen. I think it's a better place when he's around. But the only thing he's doing is talking over these bouts. Like he's a fucking end. You know, like you know, back in the day, those N one mixtapes, and you had Homeboy talking over the players every time a player fucking did an incredible move. He's hyping them up. He's getting the crowd into it. I don't like that. My wrestling man. Um, again, I hope it's not one of those things that they just threw out there and they just. Hopefully we figure it out. Maybe we'll get to the end of it. Who knows? We'll just we'll just go with the flow. Can't be like that. There has to be a reasoning for this. Has to be a reason. There has to be stakes involved. So don't know exactly what's gonna happen. Um, they have a new group too that's been um, annihilating everybody. Honestly, it's called Retribution, and I don't know what the fuck they're doing with them either. It's another thing that I hope they're not just throwing it out there and just hoping they come up and pray that they have some type of end game, some type of miracle for this and um I think they need it against stakes. Why are they there? What's their mission? You know, maybe it's some jihad fucking holy war, there's no there's no negotiations. We're just at war with you. No matter what you say or do, we're always gonna wanna hurt you. That would be pretty cool. I would really like that. There's no, you know, there's no negotiating with us. We we have one mission. That's to destroy everybody in this locker room, destroy everybody in this um, in this ring, and numbers matter. So let's. See. I would really like that. Um, yesterday, um, we'll just go out real fast to AEW. They have you know a pay per view coming up called All Out, and um, they had a horrible show yesterday. I can't lie to you guys, man. They had I met a couple segments. They had the NWA Women's Champion. I don't even know fucking name. I'm not gonna look into it. Um, and she's a horrible. She's not fun to me. And I know, man, I shouldn't be. I should be a little more um, welcoming to her. You know, I should be happy that um, AEW and NWA. That's the wrestling brand. Is National Wrestling Alliance. I should be happy that they're able to um, bring these champions together, and it's good for the it's good for wrestling. Fuck yeah, it's good for wrestling, man. Um, but I'm not a fan. Her name is Thunder Rosa. She's gonna be finding um, Hikari Shida, who's a great woman's wrestler. Love her, great champion. She deserves it. But Thunder Rosa, let me tell you guys with her. 
The NWA is a great studio wrestling show, but they have a style that caters to that. Um, they keep it at one gear, in my opinion. They just, you know, they're riding it out. Um, but Thunder Rosa is not it for me. She's kind of boring, if you ask me. I think she plays too much to the crowd. There's no fucking crowd out there, first of all. He's not one that's, you know, six, seven thousand people. I'm not a fan of that. I think her style's a little boring. Um, but hey, at least she's technically sound. At least she's safe in the ring. Respect that. Um, Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Can't lie, this feud kind of fizzled out last week. I'm not interested in this shit. I think Chris Jericho's, especially in this Mimosa challenge, or what the fuck they want to, and Mimosa mayhem, horrible concept of a match, not interested in it. Um, the tag team Gartland match, we have Hangman and Page and Kenny Omega with FTR, which I really am digging. I love FTR, love the way they're booked. Now they have Tolly Blatcher as their, as their manager, and, um... I'm really excited for that. I think FTR are going to be great champions. Hopefully, this is the end of the the tag team look for Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Hopefully, this is the breakup and they can go on to solo stardom. They both need to do that. I want to see them get over as singles um, competitors, especially Kenny Omega, man. He's such a superstar, and they're kind of holding him back. I don't know if they're kind of holding back this storyline because there's no, no fans in the audience. But, um, really, really would like to see him go on, do a solo thing. And, uh, I'm not gonna go forever. Um, you know what? MJF and, um, Moxley, John Moxley, great, great booking. Love it. MJF is, if it was me, I'm buying a ticket to go see MJF get his ass kicked. Um, yesterday, man, damn. He busted John Moxley open. This motherfucking white blood all over his face. That was cool. Maybe a little, you know, a little too much nowadays, especially in these times. But hey, do what you gotta do to get people talking about you. MJF does. MJF does that. Really love his promo. Really love everything he has going on. And uh, man, I'm all for it. I'm all in on all out in that aspect. So hopefully. Um, we get a good pay-per-view. Wrestling is on is hitting a stride right now. It's on a roll. Keith Lee is back at, you know, Keith Lee's another superstar that we're trying to that FWD's trying to build. I think the first night was kinda rough. They had a new tire, new song, and the and the backlash was fucking horrendous. Everybody hated it. And they kinda you know, they made up for it in my opinion. They got uh Keith Lee over over Randy Orton clean. And right now, Randy Orton is the best heel in wrestling. So this guy to come in and just beat him one, two, three in the middle of the in the ring, beautiful to watch. And that's the way you get someone over. They're building him up. Um, I think my biggest complaint last week was the DQ finish with um, McIntyre Orton going at the end, you know, going at it, and Keith Lee just leaving. And they they. WWE made a big deal about his arrival. You know, he just leaves at the end of the day with no explanation at all. That's what hurts character. So we shall see what happens. I'm really interested in that. I've seen a great four-way match. It was an hour long, goddammit, but it was an Iron Man match. Um, Tom, uh, Champo, Finn Balor. I believe it was... Uh, see, I'm, fucking, I'm, I'm so horrible at this right now. Adam Cole, and who was the last guy? Cole, 
Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, yeah, Johnny Gardano, I believe his name is. Great match, man. Great match. Hour-long Iron Man match. Those type of matches, you know, whoever gets the most pins wins the match. And they had Adam Cole and Finn Balor tie at the end of the fucking night, which kind of pisses me off, man, because why do you have this? You locked this in for a whole hour. to hour match. No way about it. And we just gave us the tie. Don't know about that. Not really, um... I can't really say I was really happy, but now I gotta watch next week. But hey, they got me locked in. I'm coming back next week, so I guess mission accomplished with WWE. Um, another thing, uh, controversial topic. I know we've been seeing a lot of um, controversy regarding Jacob Blake and Kyle Rinhouse. Kyle um, sad situation, y'all. Scary situation right now. Um, you guys know... Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back by Kenosha Police Department. Um, it's been it's been it's been a topic that's been discussed. Man, exhausting. It's really exhausting. Um, sucks to see another black man killed. Um, by police. It sucks to um. Learned that he got shot in front of his kids. And he's paralyzed from the waist down. <sighs> Sucks to see that he's handcuffed to a hospital bed. Um, I mean, you guys, uh, it's, I don't know how to say this, man. I don't want to say anything that's going to piss anybody off, but I have to say my truth. Um. I don't know if he had a knife. I don't know if he had a gun. I believe the gun thing has been dead. Didn't have a gun. Believe he did have a knife. Um, but is that knife justifying him being shot seven times in the back? Um, I'm not a police officer. I have a lot of law enforcement in my family, of course. Um, does that justify him being shot seven times? Was he reaching for the knife? Did he have the knife on his person? I don't know that. We don't know that. We don't know if they're lying or not. We don't know the full story. But I will tell you there has to be another way to take this individual in. There has to be another way to de-escalate the situation. Um, in my opinion, gunfire should be last resort. In my opinion, deadly force should be outlawed. Um, of course, if you have a madman with an AK-47, come on, you shoot that motherfucker. Definitely. But if it's seven, you know, a couple cops, four, five, six cops, and one man, do what you can to take him down. De-escalate it. Shoot him with a fucking taser. Don't give a fuck how you do it. And I know people say shoot, you know, non-lethal force. Shoot him in the fucking leg. But then again, y'all, you guys got to remember everything that's happening. You guys got to really calculate everything that's going on at that time. You guys ever had a gun before? Holding a gun with that adrenaline pumping? I got mine right here. You know, legal as fuck, of course. You got this adrenaline pumping. You're trying to think, to think clear. Just to think clear, period, it's hard to do. Imagine with a gun and someone, you know, you're scared. 
You gotta make those split second decisions. And I'm not justifying the cops doing that. I wasn't really happy with that at all. Sucks seeing another black man getting shot by law enforcement. Again, law enforcement acting as judge, jury, and executor. Executor. Ex I can't even say it. Executor. Judge, jury, and executor. I'm not going to edit that out. Um, it's hard to understand that it's not okay. That's not the way this system was built and designed. I believe Jacob Blake, no matter what he's been tried and convicted of, no matter what type of warrant he had, don't know, um, don't know exactly what, um, people want to throw out there. He deserves his day in court. He deserves being judged by a jury's peers. That's why America is America. That's why we're not some fucking Middle Eastern country, you know, led by tyranny. We're not fucking malicious animals, no matter what the newspapers and the media and social media say. That's not what we're about. We should all have our day in court, guilty or not. And sadly, no matter how vicious the crime is. And I hate that shit, because there's some motherfuckers I just wish they'll shoot on sight. Fuck them. But in this case, no. And we have boycotts in the NBA, you know. I know a lot of players said we're not playing tonight in honor of Jacob Blake. And another, you know, if this man's been convicted of rape, and it looks like he was, or some type, he was convicted of some type of sexual assault, um, people are speaking up for the victim of that sexual assault. I don't know, I can't really... I don't know what to say to that. I'm sorry that's happening. Yes, that woman who's been sexually assaulted by Mr. Blake in the past has to see LeBron and all these guys make him into a hero. I would imagine that's not that's that's not a good feeling on her end. I'm sure she, you know, she lives every day in fear and she remembers that brutality. She remembers that horrible event. It's scarred her for life. I understand that. That's why it's a slippery slope right now with this with this form of um, protest with the situation we have going on, um, with this with this ideology that we have going on in America with you know black men minorities being shot almost every day by law enforcement. It's it's a slippery slope, y'all. What do we do? Um, there's always, I guess there's two ways to really go about it. That's why I'm thinking America is going to be an ideology war. People have two different ways and two different ideologies of how what's acceptable in America. Some people are saying this is okay. He had a knife. He didn't obey the law. He didn't obey the officers. He didn't abide by the orders. Shoot him. That's his fault. He had his kids in the car. He should have been a better father than that to put him in harm's way. Some people think like that. Some people think, hey, he's, you know, He's just one man. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't charging police. He was just making sure his kids were okay before he went in, to, before he, you know, turned himself in. He was just um, a victim of his race. He shouldn't be handcuffed to a hospital bed. Is that true? That's really up to you because I'm not here to determine that. It's just that's what's going on. And now we have an uprise. Um here in Wisconsin, in the Kenesha, Wisconsin, and it's it's bad. 
Now we have kids like Kyle Ch Chittenson. Is that his name? Let me see here. I'm sorry. Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse. And you guys see this now, ladies and gentlemen. This is, this is car to watch. You see this kid who thinks he's doing a good thing by defending his his um his country that you know he's going to these places he's traveling and I know his mom probably dropped his ass off he's traveling to these zones that nobody no cops are going into no EMTs and he's I guess he's a trained you know trained medical um I guess EMT person he went in there trying to help people I guess and you see him you know helping the people out um providing aid you removing graffiti but he has a fucking AR-15 with him and now he's telling people where to go and you know he's trying to order people around the protesters um he's trying to boss up on them he's trying to tell them where they need to go and how they need to um they he's trying to make them abide to his his rules now because he has the gun and someone called him on it you know, I don't know if they threw a Montef co cocktail in him. I don't know the circumstances on that. I've seen a few videos. It looks like they did throw that in him. And was he just defending himself when he shot that person? When a grown man's coming at you and you have a gun, what do you do? But then that person, too, do you chase somebody with an AR-15? And then you see that mob of crowd. That mob is chasing this kid. And the kid falls. And what happens to the kid if he doesn't have that gun? Does he get beat to death? Are we celebrating the death of this kid named Kyle Rittenhouse if he's dead? Because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time? Because he, was, he wasn't he was where he was supposed to be? He should have stood home? And so he just did, I don't even think he's from fucking Wisconsin. And then you see grown men kick this kid, kicking this kid, throwing a skateboard at him. Um, is, that a, is that justifiable to do? Or is this kid defending his defending his right to live? Um, is that what he's doing right now? Um, is that how people can justify that? I think he's gonna be tried as an adult. He's tried for some. He has he has two murder charges on him now. Um, what a seventeen year old is doing with an AR fifteen is beyond me. How did he get that gun? That's illegal. Why is he? Well, you know. And I know he wants to be, you know, because in his eyes, he's a good patriot. His mother, though, needs to take some responsibility. You're taking your kid to this war zone. Essentially, that's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Kenosha is a war zone right now. And you're taking this kid there, knowing the fucking, the dangers, the consequences, and the consequences of, his, of your actions by going that. Do I go in there and performing aid and, you know, doing what you think's right? But then you're gonna go shoot somebody, and the person he shot, y'all, I don't know, was he a rapist? We say we say save the children all the time, and people are really in uproar about him shooting an alleged um, rape victim, rape suspect, convicted rape suspect. Again, I'm not here changing my mind. I'm just telling you guys what people are saying. I don't know. Um, It's, it's a sticky situation, y'all. This is the this is the ideology, ideology war that we're talking about in America. It's not gonna be racism that kills us. It's gonna be this ideology war. Some people are gonna think, "Hey, I'm part of this well-armed militia. I'm here to serve my country. I'm here to protect these businesses from being burned down." There's gonna be another set that they're tired of the policing, um, the law enforcement, you know. 
um, social injustice and law enforcement brutality amongst the minorities. And they're tired of that. And they're going to raise hell. They've been doing these peaceful protests for so long. They're going to light some shit up now. They're going to burn buildings down. Maybe you're going to understand we burn this building down. Um, these, you know, I'm sure they're thinking these owners have insurance. They're going to figure it out. But right now we're burning this bitch to the ground till they hear us. And I don't know you guys. Again, it's up to you guys. What you guys, how do you guys feel about this? Um, looters and rioters, I'm not for burning shit down, y'all. That's just me. I'm not for taking an AR-15 to a protest either. Um, honestly, Mr. Renhouse, if you felt the if you feel like you need to do that, sir, you fucked up. I'm sorry. You're a kid. I understand that you're trying to do what's right, but you went about the wrong way. Carrying an AR-15, I know you're trying to take these buildings, man, but you gotta see where these people are coming from right now. They're burning this bitch down because they're tired of these injustices that are going on in the world. And... That's the way it is, ladies and gentlemen, in my opinion. I think he's going to get, he should be found guilty of murder. He murdered two people in cold blood. Self-defense, maybe, but he killed them. Um, don't know if that's going to be real popular people. And um, it sucks, you know. It's, 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 a, it's a slippery slope. And um, hold on, okay? Babe. Let me call you back. I'm in the middle of this podcast, okay? And you're on record right now, so I'll call you back. Um, so it's hard, man. It's real hard to see, but we gotta have these conversations, you know. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Donald Trump. How do I say this? Not condemning him is horrible. If you're not going to condemn him, shut the fuck up and don't say anything about it. He's wrong. I'm sorry, people. Broke the law. Once you do that, can't really fuck with you. So we shall see what happens with that, man. Um, one controversial topic I want to do before we, you know, get rid we, we start, we uh, end this podcast. We're about an hour in now. Um, SB1. 45. This is a new law that was passed here by um, California. It looks like this is an amendment of a past law. This bill would exempt from mandatory registration under the act a person is convicted of certain offenses involving minors if the person is not more than 10 years old than the minor and if that offense is the only one requiring the person to register. Um, I'm sorry to say this, but this is fucking pedophile um this is uh he's a business pedophile sympathizing this is aiding and abetting pedophiles furthermore than we already are in the state of california senator weiner that's your fucking name weiner don't know fuck you sorry ladies and gentlemen i know you guys hate the way i speak sometimes but to say that if you're not 10 years older than the minor that you had oral sex with or anal sex with or or molested um and you and one of those charges falls into one of these and one of the charges that falls into the exclusion of this um 
and that means you don't have to register as a sex offender, it's wrong. How are we supposed to protect our kids with laws like this? Again, um, existing law, the sexual, the Sex Offender Registration Act requires a person convicted of one or of one of certain crimes as specified to register law enforcement as a sex offender while residing in California or while attending school or working in California as specified. A will for failure to register as required by the act as a misdemeanor or felony depending on the offense. This bill would exempt from mandatory registration under the act a person convicted of certain offenses involving minors if the person is not more than 10 years older than the minor and if that offense is the only one requiring the person to register. How do we get this passed in the state of California, people? How? What they're saying is if you're having a fucking sexual relationship with someone under age of 18, and you're 23, and it, that you know, and, and you could oral sex, whatever. That's not that 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 crime is in this little gray area. You're fine, good to go. You don't gotta register. You you're just convicted. No big deal. That is not okay. I don't give a. And I know some people. Shit, I'm not gonna go there. It's not okay that a 16-year-old or a 19 or 20-year-old. If you really care about the woman and you guys are fucking really in love, wait till the broad's 18 years old. If you're penetrating annually a minor, you deserve to go in jail. You deserve to rot in hell. There's no way we could exclude anybody from registering. Don't care if your fucking girlfriend's 17, you're 19. You're registering because you fucking broke the law. She's still a minor. Don't care if she looks like she's 21 and she's mature as fuck. You know the law. It's horrible that these people, and you know what? Let's fucking tell them today. Representative Aguilar Curry, Barak Kahan, Berman, Bloom, Bonte, Burke, Carrillo, Chewy. Chu, Cooper, Daly, Friedman, Gabriel, Christina Garcia, Gibson, Goyer, Holden, Irwin, James Sawyer, Carla, Cam Lager, Levine, Lowe, Mayers, McCarty, Medina, Mullen, uh, Mura Tashi, don't know who the fuck that is, Nazarene, O'Donnell, Quirk, Lu Luce Rivas, Robert Rivas, Blanca Rubio, Santiago, Mark Stone, Ting, Weber, Wicks, Wood and Representative Rendon, all these people need to be voted out in California. If you live in Los Angeles, any district, and you have these people representing your assembly, please, please, please vote these people out. They do not care about our children. They do not care if we're notified, why wouldn't you want to be notified if this person's living next to you or lives down the street from your favorite park? And I know people are trying to find loopholes and trying to say, oh, well, you know what, this this only caters to people if they have a relationship with somebody under the age of 18. They're like 19, 20. They fell in love with high school. No, that's a cop out. Stop it. Stop it. This is wrong. This isn't protecting our children. We're saying save the children, save the children, and nobody's doing that here in California. And let me tell you guys something about all those names I just said that gave, you know, said yes to this law. All but one Democrat. 
I'm not here to tell you to vote Democrat or Republican in November. I'm just telling you my truth. This is wrong. This bars registration from sexual parents who, who um, commit certain sexual acts to minors. Don't care. They need to register. I'm sure they're already getting plea deals for they won't have to fucking send to to um they don't have to serve the whole duration of their sentence anyway, and I wouldn't have given them the fucking lecture of not registering for they won't have to be seen as the weirdos in the neighborhood. No, they deserve to be fucking. They deserve to be um. They deserve the spotlight. They deserve to be known. They deserve to be um. I guess you could say put on blast for a bet lack of a better word. It's horrible what California is doing to our children. Uh, you know, again, man, this is not good. This isn't a good way to go. This is this is crawling. This is gonna be crawling down a hole and opening back a, a can of worms that we don't need to open. We gotta protect the children. I don't give a fuck. Sixteen, seventeen years old. You're under the age of eighteen. You cannot be messing with these kids, y'all. I don't wanna. You guys are telling twenty year olds now it's okay to do it. It's wrong. It's illegal. It's 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 sickening. How do you guys even fucking live with yourselves, man? I don't. Again, I know the beginning, and I got kind of away from the message too, on uh, the beginning. Um, that's. I'm sorry for that. Um, oh man. You guys definitely need to look at these laws. And see what they're doing to the children, man. Again, um, it's so sickening. Um, and they're saying, you know, and I know some some people are really trying to pass this. Um, Pass this law, man. I know they're saying, you know, a judge is going to decide now. Since they don't got to do the mandatory, a judge will decide the, the severity of the, their case. It's going to be a case-by-case -case basis. Hi, yeah. Um, it's crazy. And I think another thing, too, man. They want to... Um, I think they want to... Uh, Remove sex offenders at the 10 or 15 years if they don't commit any more crimes, any further crimes. And again, man, that's bullshit too. You committed the crime, you live with it, you made a mistake, you're going to have to live with it for the rest of your life. Um, to me, y'all, this is up there to murder, this is up there to rape. Uh, there's no coming back from that. There's no um, second chances. There's no um, do-overs. And... Uh, they need to live with it, man. Again, vote these people out, man. SB 145, everybody who voted yes for that shit needs to get elected out of California. This is why people are moving to California, moving out of California. Um, I don't know, man. Nothing too, man. Judges are going to be deciding this, right? So you guys definitely need to check out who your judges are. And, um... Vote them out, too. We gotta protect the children, man. We can't have... This is... Because you know what's gonna happen, man? They're gonna do laws like this, right? They're gonna... Just say this... This passes... It gets signed by the governor. This is just... 
this is the this is what we call the snowball effect. It's gonna start with these little, you know, well, you're seventeen. It's okay, go with the nineteen year old, twenty year old. No big deal. You know, he got convicted, but don't put him on the register list. Let him pass. It's gonna gradually get worse, and they're gonna open that age gap. I promise you. And um, yeah, sad. One more thing before we end this podcast. Rest in peace, John Thompson. Um, when you think of African-American coaches, prominent, successful, you think of John Thompson of Georgetown Horace, Georgetown University. And um, coach passed this this week also. And um, one of my heroes as a coach, one of my heroes, and I can say that before he passed away, if you love basketball, especially college basketball in the 80s, um, even late in the 90s, John Thompson was, uh, John Thompson was definitely one of those people you look up to and you aspire to be like as a coach. And I guess, and I didn't see, I just found this out. 98% graduation rate. Beautiful. You gotta love it. Coach, rest in peace. This, uh, podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, FGR Catering. Um, my guy, Freddie, is a master at his grill, master at serving you. He'll be serving your next event. Just contact him at fgrcatering at gmail.com. He's been featured on the cooking channel. He's a pro. He's special. He's a master. Open fire cooking. Again, IG, Freddie underscore REC. Contact him. Does it all. And y'all, follow us on the STS Podcast 661. My name is Ernie C, the Gap Tooth Genius. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. This is episode 54. We out.